Welcome and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby, especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hey, there's my buddy. What's happening, Greg? How are you? Hey, Matt. How's everything going today? How are you feeling? Things are good, man. The day is uh, day's basically over. Um, you know, we're in the, the home stretch for the Christmas holiday, and it's just, yeah, it's nice to be home, especially since we're drying out a little bit. I think we have to have a weather check, and our weather has been pretty crappy the past 48 hours. You know, in all truthfulness, too, I mean, I think we got some areas of Southern California almost five inches of rain yesterday, if I'm under, if I understood that correctly. And so it was like record breaking rainfall. I, I think that's a lot of rain anywhere. Uh, it was especially a lot of rain here in Southern California. So uh, quite needed. And, you know, hopefully things will look green now for the next few weeks. But, uh, you know, we've been in like a what, a five, seven year drought. So um, something we need pretty bad. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, as I, it sounded different in my head when I said that. But of course, um, seriously, thoughts and prayers going out to people in Kentucky. You know, uh, our our problems with rain and, and the occasional, you know, flood and mudslide, although those are pretty serious, uh, kind of pale in comparison to tornadoes. So, yeah, no, that's right. It's, uh, you know, there's weather weather and, and natural kind of considerations almost anywhere, anywhere you are. So yeah, good point. Uh, you know, hearts, uh, out to those folks dealing with that, especially so close to the holidays. Ooh. Yeah. No kidding. Sorry about that. I took us there. But as soon as I said that about weather, I'm like, eh, our weather's not that bad. So yeah. Yeah. Well, actually it kind of leads me into risk check, poor check actually, uh, for whatever reason. Um, so let's, let's, let's hear what's on your, on your wrist and, and what's in your glass today. Okay, well, good enough. Well, I'll start with what's on the wrist. And actually, it is kind of funny because it is sort of weather related. It is, um, it's Wednesday night, and I am wearing my old Speedmaster. So this is the uh, Speedmaster Pro, kind of an older, older watch. This is the one four five decimal zero two two. It's a seventy one series. So this is basically, you know, fifty years old. So I did not wear it on Speedy Tuesday because uh, walking outside yesterday in Southern California was basically akin to taking your watch for, you know, into six or eight feet of water. So yeah, I didn't wear it. But it, this is on the new strap that we were talking about. This is the strap tailor. This is a really, really cool strap. I, I'm interested to show it to you. You may have seen these before, but, you know, Omega is kind of known for this. They've got some OEM straps with a few of their watches and the Speedmasters uh, are, are some of them where they're these two sort of parallel ridges that are built up in the body of the strap up near the lugs. So these ridges um, give it some, not just some, you know, uh, kind of visual appeal, but add some sort of bulk to the strap. And this strap is like a really cool kind of a pebble grained navy blue leather, Ooh, uh, nicely tapered. Yeah, really good, like a bright white stitching. And then the buckle is, you know, kind of this fancy sort of polished affair, you know, a uh, uh, typical kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, pin buckle. And 
yeah, it's kind of vaguely reminiscent almost of something from like Hermes and it matches the, the watch pretty well. This watch has definitely got, you know, it's battle scars on it. One of these, uh, these old Hesse boys, as Brodinky says, but there's still, you know, a fair bit of shine to it on parts of it. So yeah, picks up nice. So that's the watch today. And then the poor check is, we were just joking before we started recording. I'm actually kind of regretting my choice because I, I think I overdid it with the bitters, but I just did basically a one ingredient cocktail. This is a uh, a big glass of Michter's over, you know, the the huge, uh, you know, chunk of ice. And, um, you know, I've got the uh, uh, the cherry in the bottom, but I think I, I hit it a little too hard with the bitters. And frankly, it is just awful. It is such, it's such a good, such a good bourbon. And this tastes terrible. So yeah, I'll, I'll be sipping very gently at this for the episode. Oh, How about man. you? What's on the wrist? I, um, you know, the strap tailor has come across my, you know, feet a few times recently. I know a few of our UK friends and, and associates of theirs really seem to love, um, love those straps. And I, and just at the, uh, the Feldmar blog to watch, uh, Seiko event last week, a friend of ours, uh, Jorge, the traveling timepiece, he had one on his, uh, grand Seiko, um, shadow. And, uh, so I'm really excited to see yours in person, but, um, those are really tremendous straps. Yeah, this was sort of my, um, my barometer. I made this purchase deliberately, you know, seeing like, okay, if this fills the hole in the, you know, the strap collection, adequately i'm going to buy some more straps from this guy and it absolutely does the quality is top notch shipping to southern california you know all in because he makes everything i think um you know pretty much to order so by the time you place your order have it made have it shipped i think all in was probably just over three weeks Hmm. so that's not too bad that's reasonable actually considering all, all things considered yeah, so I'll definitely be a repeat customer for this guy. Hey, speaking of that Seiko event, did you happen to see our buddy Speedmaster Addict Zeke? So I think he was eyeing the uh, IWC case pretty hard, and it he looks was. like he he picked up that the Big Pilot Forty Three, the little Big Pilot. Congratulations, Zeke! Good for you. Congrats, yeah, congrats on that. It's funny. I I have a picture that I meant to share. I'll probably post it on a story or something, but. I, a bunch of us were over at the IWC case after kind of the Seiko piece had, had wrapped up and, and he was alluding, he kept alluding and kept kind of joking. And then a few other folks, I might've mentioned this on our last, actually did I mention this in the last episode, we were looking at the bronze spitfires. And so I have a really great picture of that beautiful chrono that I, I enjoy the green dial and the bronze and, and Zeke was over there. So that's pretty cool. Congrats to you, man. That's uh that's really fun. You know, another new watch uh, alert, you know, from another friend and, and, and listener too is uh Tony um, one watch, two watch, three watch more. He, uh, I know he's been busy, but I guess about three weeks ago or so, he picked up a uh, an SBB one forty three, and reminded me uh, as you were talking about your your choice yesterday on the wrist. Um, and we love, we obviously love the SPV. It's sort of a darling, I think, not only around our parts but in general. So, congrats on that pickup, man, because uh, uh, that's a pretty a pretty stellar piece as well. I just saw that. Yeah, that's a great watch. You'll be happy with that, dude. Congratulations. Well, hey, though, what is on your wrist today, bro? I made a similar choice yesterday uh, to make sure something was on a bracelet, you know, was, you know, modern and well-serviced and all the caskets were <laughs> in good order. Cause it was, it was really raining. I'm trying not to overstate that, but, uh, you know, as being a non native Southern California person, I, I can tell you when it actually rains here and it actually rained yesterday. Um, so I have my, my rail master on uh, previous reissue. Um, and uh, you know, it's just built for whatever we throw at it. And, uh, and it's just stayed on the wrist. It's just uh, kind of, 
one of those weeks where it felt like if it's on the wrist and it's and it's wound up and running, let it keep going. So uh, that's on the wrist. In the glass, um, something kind of fun and a little bit of a story, a backstory. Can I share it with you? Yeah, go for it. So um, got the uh, Megame Latte delivery a couple weeks ago for the, what I guess would be December and January bottles because they come you know, bi-monthly with two bottles in it. So it covers each month. And um, I was really excited and I knew this was coming down the pike, but uh, uh, this is a, you know what the bottles look like, but this is a, a Lechuguilla, which is a, a type of uh, agave uh, Maximiliana, but it's typically found in the northern regions of, of Mexico. And this one comes from Chihuahua. And the cool backstory to this is that a friend of mine, um, his name is Joe. You, I post sometimes with him and, or, or share his stuff. His name on Instagram is like Optimo Sucio or something like that. And yep. really big mezcal guy, um, agave spirits, tequila. Um, also pretty, pretty good vegan chef, chef in general. Anyway, there's this whole longer story about he had come across this bottle uh, in Tijuana at a bar of, of a lechuguilla. And, and he was like, oh, this is fantastic. And a friend of his said, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, we, we can't find it. We just don't know where to find it. And fast forward, like, I think almost like two years later, I think his friend is back down in Tijuana, sees the bottle at the bar and says, found it. I'm going to get it, I think, and bring it back to you. So long story short, he gets the bottle, brings it over. We tried. It's really fantastic. And he connects with the producer uh, who, who is this month's featured, um, you know, mezcalero for, for the Melate. His name is Dolores, Dolores Gonzalez. And, um, long, you know, so basically we have a, a, there's a steadier supply of, of this to come in. But at that same time, I messaged Dalton at Megay Melate and I said that he was kind of sourcing new things. He was looking outside of Oaxaca, trying to find some fresh, fresh finds, if you will. And I mentioned to him, hey, this is probably something I bet most people have not come across. We've had a hard time finding it, and we're constantly trying to source mezcal. Uh, it's a, a lechuguilla from Chihuahua. Um, you should take a look. And he said, you won't believe this, but I think I just got a sample of this sent to me along with a bunch of other stuff, but I'm going to put it right at the top. I know you know, that if you if you think it's pretty pretty stellar that I, I should probably make it a priority. And, uh, and he loved it and, and started sourcing it from the, from the producer and it ends up being this month's, um, feature. So it's a pretty cool story. Um, a little bit interconnected between a bunch of friends, not only on Instagram, but you know, throughout, I guess, you know, Mexico and, and, uh, in the States. And, um, and it's really, I'm really glad it's here. It's really different. If you haven't had, you know, this agave from, you know, especially from the Chihuahua region, it's just a different production, you know, which you should go to the Malate page and check all of it out. But you and I will ta- uh, taste it together sometime. But uh, that's the poor check. And it's a it's a fun one. Good stuff, man. I can hear you nosing that even across the computer. You know, there's a lot of um, I say this a lot with tequila, uh, less so with mezcal, but so, sometimes there's a, a, a definitely like a black licorice where or, or a nice, you know, a nice we, we, we kind of profile to it. But um, it's really, this is really good. 49%. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll save some for you because I think you'd enjoy this one. Yeah, I'd appreciate trying it. You know, I, I enjoy tequila and am not as big or as uh, well-versed on mezcal. So that that maybe will be my uh, 2022, what's the word? You know, New Year's resolution. resolution. Yeah, to learn yeah, learn more about that stuff. So speaking of which, we're 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 closing in here on the end of 2021. Uh, it's about mid-December at this point. Um, seems like a pretty good transition point into just checking in and seeing how the year has gone here on the pod and what we might see in the future and and uh, you know, just kind of uh 
also spend some time catching up, I guess. So we haven't, we've had a lot of really fantastic guests, which I think we might even reflect upon a little bit, but uh, I don't think you and I have sat down and, and sort of just, uh, you know, chatted for a bit. Yeah, it's been a minute. I think only one of maybe the last four or five episodes have just been sort of you and me, you know, um, pinging off each other. But yeah, when you think about it, I want to say, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. We started this basically a little over a year ago as a project and started actually recording and putting out episodes about nine months ago. And I think we have 25 episodes out there. This is the quarter Uh, century mark. Yeah, 25 episodes. So I think it's, you know, we sort of made it past that hump where I think most pods fail. Um, And when you think about it, some of, we've had some really fun, great guests. I mean, friends of ours, right? Mike Heyman has been on twice, which is cool. Um, You introduced me to Brian Gardner and uh, more recently, David Driscoll. Wow, both of those guys are just such cool, amazing episodes, but such like larger than life personas, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it, 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 absent any connection to watches or booze or whatever, they would, they're just fascinating people like all our guests are really too, but they, they really are larger than life characters. And the fact that they also intersect with these hobbies of ours, uh, makes it all the much better. So yeah, they were all, all of those guys were really fantastic. Mike helped kick us off. If you remember, if you remember that he was really technically, I think our inaugural episode um, and then for him to come back on a second time and he's been so supportive, you know, and, and sharing new episodes and, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to, to engage him and chrono group in some, some meaningful ways. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Mike, by the way, if you're listening, but yeah, when you think about it, I mean, I mentioned just those two names, right? So there's Brian and David, there's also Jason K, you know, kind of, uh, the midpoint. And I, I, w- I hesitate to pick like a favorite guest or favorite episode, but I think, you know, in terms of like my um, understanding of agave spirits between you and the doing that episode with Jason has really kind of caused a, a significant sort of shift in how I, I look at that part of my spirits consumption and I appreciate it much, much more. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of cool to have had three or four guests over the course of the year where, where the focus is really a lot, at least as much on the spirits part of our, our, you know, uh, uh, area of enthusiasm as it is for watches. So, but yeah, you know, just to kind of round that out, I mean, we, we had Brodinky, um, you know, whose uh, real name will be protected, right. To protect the innocent, but Brodinky was on, we had, my God, we had Cole Pennington, uh, wow. Jason Heaton. Wow. Al Gibbons, Alistair from ATG vintage. So, you know, uh, uh, he's got the book out, uh, possibly another book in the works. Um, we really need to circle back with him and that's something we've been wanting to do, but our, our friends on the other pod want to make that like a big, you know, three or four way event, which would be kind of cool, but logistically that's been kind of tough. Um, Dan, Dan C on, you know, basically on twice, I guess once is a shared episode with him. How you doing, Dan? Thanks for joining us. Um, am I missing anybody? I mean, it's, it's been, well, you alluded to them, group. but the out of time, the out of time podcast with Josh and Summer um, have also been on twice, I believe, right? Yeah. Well, they were also kind of an inaugural episode for us. I almost think of that as like a shared episode where we were almost guests on their pod. But yeah, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that, you know, this would not be possible without their input and their, you know, their help. Summer actually, that's three times I think with them. If you count that, for, like you said, that shared episode, and then we went over to uh, that's we right, did a, the, the we, bike beer ride, and then we did the uh, the check in at uh, RT Rogers. 
Yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. So yeah, those guys are also, you know, figure hugely over the past year. So it's been a fun year, man. I'm really happy we started this. I hate to say it, but I mean, we kind of started this as a, a thing to do in lieu of live get togethers during COVID. And my God, like we're a year deep into the podcast, nearly two years into COVID. And here in LA, it feels like we're, you know, the signals are out there. We're going to lock down again. I, I hope not, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it'll be interesting. And, and I think some of the feedback that I've gotten, that's been so, I guess, gratifying and also validating has been, Hey, such an easy listen and, and and it feels like we're right there, you know, either at the, at the brewery with you or right there across the bar with you or, it, and we're just talking. And I think that's part of what we set out to do, right. Was, was this, um, you know, hap, watch happy hour that everybody could feel like they were a part of, um, you know, whether you were in the car or doing the dishes or, or maybe you cracked open, you know, a frosty one too, while we were all chatting. And, and I think that's been the, one of the most satisfying and, and kind of cool parts about it is people saying, this has been fun to listen to. We feel like we're right there with you and, and we're really enjoying, you know, the guests, but also just the discussion and the conversation. Yeah, it has been gratifying. I mean, not to, at the risk of patting ourselves on the back a little too much. I think the ultimate sort of, um, meta moment was being at an event, you know, for Seiko last week. And you were sitting there kind of standing. Can I tell the story? Can I tell the story? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, tell, please do, because it is funny. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. So uh, a friend of the pod as well, Manuel, um, didn't know him at the time. And so we're sitting in the back area, Feldmar, the bar area where the, where the event was being held. And we're kind of in between the Seiko cases where everything's laid out and the bar. And at the bar, they're serving a Japanese whiskey. And so we're, we're tasting the whiskeys together. And sort of just talking about spirits, we're getting further down the spirit rabbit hole while we're doing this whiskey tasting. And, and we're talking about first, first Manuel says, Oh, do you know about, you know, Raysia and Bacanora tequila? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Love all these things. And, and, you know, we're really starting to geek out. I'm like, okay, this guy really knows, you know, his spirits. He's, you know, not just sort of, uh, you know, new to it. He, he probably enjoys them and thinks about them and researches them and shops them and everything. And uh, then we're talking about Chrono Group. He goes down to OC Chrono. He goes down to you know San Diego Chrono. And all of a sudden, he's he says, "You know what? There's this podcast that's about like watches and booze and spirits." <laughs> he's like, "You really should check it out. It's pretty cool." And I'm like, "I think you're talking about Matt, me and Matt's podcast, like time, you know, Spirit of Time." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, that one." I'm like, "Yeah, we do that." He's like, "Oh, wow, that's pretty cool." <laughs> It's a small world, but yeah, it was like how super fun and gratifying was that? But also just yeah, shout out the, to Serena because I think she had, uh, she had sort of turned, um, Manuel onto that one. And so anytime that anybody is making a recommendation of the podcast, I mean, is, is the coolest thing you could do and, and, you know, by far the, the most helpful thing to do for us too. So we appreciate people bringing, you know, new listeners in and sharing it when they think somebody might respond well or, or, you know, enjoy it themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, um, it's been super fun and I, I definitely enjoyed the energy and, you know, getting the feedback from folks has been really cool. I would, speaking of feedback, I think, you know, kind of moving into a slightly different topic, but I, I don't want to get too much into what we plan for the pod for the next year. Cause there's, you know, we don't want to put people on blast if they can't come on or talk about, you know, um, 
maybe some projects that are in the works that may may or may not come to fruition, just depending on how much, frankly, how much money we're willing to spend, but we'll see or how long it takes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's some exciting things brewing that could be li- brewing literally, maybe, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, some some cool stuff. But one thing that I would love to figure out, and we'd love to get feedback from people, if there's any way to incorporate more feedback on, I mean, on the watches, that's fun. But on on the booze and the beer and the wine and stuff like that, if uh, we have to figure out some way to kind of have you know greater touch points with folks yeah. who listen and who talk to us one off, it would be kind of fun to have you know something that was more visible. Although you know you've taken great steps, I think already to kind of the basically set up the the website for the pod. So I thank you for that. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And it's definitely a, a joint effort. I, you know, I think maybe here's our chance for sort of the PSA, right? So if you're, if you're listening, if you love it, you know, the blah, 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 the, the podcast spiel, give a rating, um, really does make a difference though. Um, so, and then, and then check out the website, you know, spiritoftime.co. Uh, so that's spiritoftime.co. And, you know, we're trying to just, you know, put blog posts on there. Of course, all the the feeds make their way there too through the, the Instagram page and, um, and, uh, and, and, uh, the podcast as well. Um, and it's just another way to kind of share what we're up to maybe in a format that's different than just the audio format for, for the podcast, which is the main vehicle, but also, you know, different than, than Instagram. Maybe there's longer form stuff there, or maybe there's, you know, things that are, you know, just don't visually work in, in an Instagram page or sort of get ignored. So check them out, you know, and let us know what you think and let us know how we can, you know, interact with you and include people and, and we're open, totally open for new suggestions. I think, you know, one of the things that's been fun about this and you and I talked about it from the out- onset was, um, there's a lot of awesome watch podcasts out there, quite frankly. And, um, and so, you know, what was important to me and it's, and I knew it was important to you was approaching it from a different angle. And so, you know, I think we've tried to do that. I, I feel relatively accomplished, you know, so far in, in bringing those different angles, different collectors, different perspectives, different, um, just different, you know, um, there's just so much watch news these days that it would be, you know, it'd be totally in line to sort of react to, you know, whatever is new that week month. Um, and people I think would engage with that too, but, uh, we're sort of doing it in a different way that sort of, that makes sense to us. And I, I think, you know, hopefully, you and me are learning new things and, and hopefully we're, we're sharing some things that are new to, to other people as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, in a good way, mostly good way. That's the elephant in the room, right? I mean, it feels like everybody in the watch fam has a podcast now. And so, you know, there's, um, I won't say it's a struggle, but you know, you want to add value to everybody's experience in the hobby you know, in a different way. I think it's inevitable that there's a lot of overlap, but on the other hand, it's, I think, you know, just being very transparent, I think it's kind of fun. Um, I'm, we've mentioned multiple times, some of the pods that we listen to. And I mean, there's the big ones, right? The obvious, the gray NATOs and the Hodinky podcast and that kind of thing. Fratello, when they have their stuff, that's, they have, I think, very good content in terms of podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Others are great. You know, Rich Cheese just launched a little while ago oh, and, and that I was mean, yeah. right around the time that we got Brodinky on. That's been a lot of fun to listen to them. Um, who else? I love you know, that guy's takes. I, yeah. I'm sorry. 
the OT podcast is, is really great. I found that one not, you know, probably around the time that it, you and I started and, and they're really great 40 and 20, another, you know, super solid one. SoCal watch reviews just hit their hundredth episode. Great. You know, well, good for them. That's really, can't forget that. whiskey and watches. I mean, I think honestly, you know, in terms of having some of the, the real, um, specific advice, you know, getting that from Spence, uh, before we, you know, went live with this was great. And I think, you know, contrary to popular, well, I don't know if it's popular opinion. I don't know if it's opinion at all, but you know, you might think, oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, competition or, uh, you know, negative feelings between people who are are having podcasts. I mean, I really felt some trepidation reaching out to some people Mm -hmm. and asking them Mm -hmm. questions, you know, some of the big, big established podcasts without naming names. And then, you know, people that are, you know, more, um, I don't want to say smaller. That's the wrong way to put it, but you know, yeah, but uh, you know, um, everybody was, uh, extremely sort of, you know, welcoming and open. So it's been, it's been very cool. I feel fortunate that we're in in this space. um, Watching bourbon. I think he just launched a a podcast. I'm really excited to check that one out. He's obviously huge into bourbon and, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it feels, it feels a little bit like, um, you know, like a small community within like a sub community within the larger watch community. And, um, so it's been fun to see, you know, see it from, from that angle as well. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's, I think maybe that's enough about the pod itself. Um, but we talk about watches, we talk about spirits and, you know, adult beverages and stuff. I want to, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I've got a couple quick questions for you. So I am, you know, a, not a, the big spirits guy, you know, on between the two of us, I think that's more your bailiwick and I'm kind of, you know, the beer and wine guy. So I will ask you, um, you know, with all of the stuff that we've done, you know, going to the different, you know, uh, brew spots around here and trying different beers and having fun pour checks and stuff like that. What's been your favorite beer discovery this year? Mm, this is a, uh, a very time sensitive, uh, I think question, you know, question. And I'm actually glad you asked it too. There was a, there was a time I, where I was really, really deep into the beer scene. So I moved from the East coast out to Southern California, maybe, you know, 15, years ago or so. And as I was moving and as I got here, I was super, I was really into the beer scene, uh, back in, in Pennsylvania and was so excited to get out here. And I, I hit the breweries hard. I, and, and at the time, this is, you know, mid two thousands, I suppose there, it was even smaller and it, it was not the same scene that it is today. There really was not much of a beer scene in LA to be frank. I don't think there was. it was San Diego. It was San Diego. You had to go to San Diego. Yep. So I was down there. I was at green flash. I was at ale Smith. I was at stone. I was at, um, you know, I'm trying to think whom else, uh, you know, all the big San Diego breweries, and, lost Abbey, lost Abbey. Right. And just really enjoying it and having fun. And I started homebrewing, which was a really also super fun, ended up moving from one place to another, ended up downtown in a smaller studio, you know, than the, the place I had when I first started homebrewing. So I kind of let go of it and then just kind of got away from beer for a little while. So when you and I started to get this off the ground and, and and like you said you're you're you've gotten a very good you know knowledge base of of especially local beers to where we are but you know beer in general it's been fun because i've i've really i think dived all the way back in you know feet you know head first and so that's a really long way of saying you know thanks for for reigniting that beer passion for me um and we've got some really great local spots which i, I actually having i had been here for five years and hadn't really explored any of them so that was neat to find that in our own backyard. Okay, all that to say, 
you and I and David Driscoll were at Mount Low not long ago, and we had some awesome beers on on tap. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was an IPA that we had, uh, a couple of porters, and um, as we left, I think you had grabbed a couple cans. I grabbed a couple cans, and I was talking to the guy. They're about to have their fifth anniversary the very next day, so happy happy belated birthday to Mount Low. And I grabbed uh, what they called a uh, thousand thousand apricots uh, gauche beer, and and uh, just kind of on a whim, didn't know anything about it. Got home, left it, you know, put it in the fridge. Maybe a couple days later, cracked it open, and whoa, that was just—I mean, stellar. I just like I think you and I talked about it a little bit afterward. You you finally had a chance to go back and, and grab a small pour. Not something you're going to sit there and like you know crank three of them out, you know, or four of them out in a sitting. You know, it's it's a it's a tarted you know wheat ale. Um, but it's, it's sweet with the apricots on the, on the front end. It's, it's very obviously apricot without being, you know, cloying. And then there's this, there's this salt on the end of the finish. And I, I didn't read the can at the time. And I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this hit of like sea salt at the end, which is super interesting and unique. Read the can. It's like, oh, and it finishes with a salt, you know, kind of a salty finish. I'm like, whoa, okay. And, um, that was awesome. That was really fun. Um, immediately I, I think I put a set, made a post on it like a day or two later I was like this has to go with like a plate of like cheese and like you know sh- and salamis and and honeys I get a perfect charcuterie board you know beer but anyway I thought that was like a, a, a definite recent standout yeah so I think I told you the story so I my daughter I have a teenage daughter and her employer I won't say who um but her employer had their Christmas party there a few days after we recorded with David. And she is, these places, you know, probably I'm, I'm assuming it's like this all over the country. A lot of these micro places are licensed in such a way that they're sort of like production facilities and tasting rooms and stuff like that. So, you know, kids, young kids, these they tend to be pretty family friendly, can go in, but they can be in with an adult. You know, I mean, if they're under 21, they can't just walk in. So I essentially had to go with her to her own Christmas party. And I did the thing where it's like, okay, I'm not going to be your, you know, your dad and like, you know, spoiling your good time. You go, you go hang out and do your thing with your friends from work. And I will literally go sit in the corner and just basically, you know, sit there with the paper and, you know, one or two tasters. And I tasted that beer. And I have to say, I mean, I don't know if it's my favorite beer ever, but I mean, it's probably my favorite discovery of the year. I mean, it was amazingly good beer. I'm so yeah, glad you got that. Like you, were texting, you were texting a group thread and you were like, hey, hey, look where I'm at, everybody. And I was like, you have to at least try that. Take it home. Do something. Because I was, I felt strongly, like you just said, there was, you know, in terms of this year and recent discoveries, it was really, really far up there. Um, you know, it was another one that was really great. Uh, let's give a shout out to Wingwalker. We spent some time there for the bike and beer episode and they have their Pete Monster. And that was yes. a really unique one. I think they were finishing up the brew for it when we were there. Um, it wasn't released. I don't think yet. And just really interesting to do a peated ale. I don't, I don't know that many that exist out there. I haven't come across one. No, you don't see them too often. I mean, it doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I'm not like a Lagavulin guy. Um, I got to try it at one point when it was, um, you know, they were about done with it. And to me, it was like, okay, you know, if you like that kind of scotch, you're going to like this, not my cuppa, but it's very, it was unique. I mean, it's uh, super unique. It's yeah. a special occasion beer. Yeah. And it was, I, I think some, it was cool. I sent some over to Brian at High West. And I mean, that was right up his alley. He was like, whoa, this is, this is pretty interesting and good. And I just thought it was definitely unique. Um, 
you know, our friends over at Overtown, I mean, they continue to put out super high quality stuff, really interesting things. We, both of you and I were really excited about the pumpkin ale when that came out. I hadn't had any pumpkin at that point. You know, it was very was good. Like, this was like maybe the day before our Halloween. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how have I not had a pumpkin beer yet? But it was super good. Wasn't really heavy on the pumpkin. It was really almost like more of a dark ale with a hint of pumpkin. And I think it checked in at 9%. I mean, that was an awesome, awesome brew. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you another uncomfortable question then another favorite discovery question. And I guess you can punt on this, but, um, so prior to this, I mean, I know you've listened to podcasts and stuff like that, but I remember that was sort of the dynamic at the end of last year between I'm, you know, I had this massive long commute and have had that for years and I spend all day in and out of the car. So I just, I'm a voracious, you know, podcast consumer. I listened to all these things and you were not that big into it. So I gave you kind of like a, a list of things to check out a lot of My stuff study in the list. watch space. What, what's your favorite podcast discovery of the year? Wow. Okay. So, okay. And then a little bit of back background too. So I do list, I, I before we started the pod, I, I did listen to a lot of pods, but none watch related. And it wasn't like a conscious decision. I wasn't like, Oh, I'm not just not going to watch, listen to any of that stuff. It just, <clears throat> It didn't spark me, you know, and so I would listen to some of the big stuff that everybody did, you know, the reply alls and, uh, you know, this American life and actually uh, a really awesome pod out there. Um, it's it's pretty big. It's, this is not news to anybody, but 99% invisible, super interesting. It's all about, um, you know, the built environment. Um, they just come at it from really interesting. Their storytelling is fantastic. So I listen to a lot of pods, but no watch stuff. Uh, although I did listen to our friends, the on time podcast when that existed and then, um, uh, what was the one that Cameron did with, uh, uh, Farah? It was, uh, watch and listen. Yeah. Watch and listen. That was really good. I did really enjoy that one too. So just, you know, for full, full transparency sake. Um, oh my God, we forgot cam. cam. Oh my gosh. That was the biggest episode in one of the largest episodes we ever did. I just, I was, I just reached out to cam to make sure he was okay after the tornado. And he, everything cam, was we're fine. Sorry. I'm sorry. He and his family were good. Oh yeah, yeah, everything's good. Good, yeah, good. yeah. He's he's safe. Um. Wow. You know, I, it's gonna sound this. This is a little too easy. It's a. It kind of sounds like a layup, and, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm pandering. But um, the great NATO. Uh, I don't think I realized how good James and Jason were, and I knew, I knew you were really you were a huge supporter. Um you know, had really enjoyed, you know, a, a relationship with both of them individually, but then, uh, you know, for, through the podcast, um, just the way that they approach things. I think it even at one point is, you know, I think it's due credit. So I, I can lay my cards out. I think I kind of said to you, I, I would love to do like the gray NATO of, of watches and booze. Like, you know, they're doing, they're doing the, uh, you know, the kind of adventure, you know, meets, meets watch collecting community and they do it and they do it really, really well, but they bring people on that maybe aren't, super like the usual suspects, right? Like, you know, learning about climbers and divers and people who are sort of one foot in or one fin into the watch community and really one foot out. Right. And so just the way they go about it and they're, they're super professional and their, their relationship is, is, you know, as they talk to each other has obviously been developed over a number of years. But anyway, it was just one of those ones that really, I think made me realize how good a podcast could be, you know, um, especially as it relates to watches and, and related things. So that's a kind of yeah. a cop out answer, but it's the truth. Well, I mean, that's a safe choice, but it, it's real, right? Cause it's, I, I want to say that prior to this year, you, you know, 
either had never listened to them or maybe had heard of it. No, so, I knew James. I knew Jason. You know, of them, of course, not personally. <clears throat> I had I hadn't listened to the pod. Yeah, so I think uh, I think that's legit. You know, we think of all the things. There's really, you know, in the watch podcast space. You know, I think Brodinky and his uh, compadre. Is it okay? I'm going to murder this, but is it Schmidt or Sh- like Schmidt with a D T? I don't I don't know. I think. Sorry, I, I mean, it sounds the you same. You know who you are. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that's kind of the, but everything else that I listen to is largely established either, you know, one or two years prior. So, I mean, you know, uh, Ricky and Rick from the Scottish watches and whiskey and watches and obviously Grey NATO and Hodinky um, you know, and, and others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 and two, you know, going back. So, yeah, I guess uh, Risk Cheese Radio is probably the newest. Um, definitely appreciate their takes. So. Here's another question for you. Well, you know what? I'm I'm going to bin that. Um, let me ask you this, dude. What do you think? I mean, we've got ideas for the podcast. What do you think about your watch collection for 2022? Well, I think you and I have had a little recently separately. And then also, we, you know, just chatting about it offline. A little bit of, I don't want to call it existential crisis, but sort of a, a reckoning, right? Or in some ways, like, hey, what what are some potential moves what are things that are not just on the radar, but like you're hot and heavy on what would it take to, to make those things happen? And then on top of all of that, like, what do I want my watch collection to be? Right. I, I, it actually reminds me a little bit of the conversation we have with Jason where, you know, he was like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe I can do vintage. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you could step out and do things that, you know, just you're not used to, or, or maybe you thought that you, you know, you wouldn't do. Um, I don't know, man. Um, you know, I, I think I've alluded to it on a few episodes. Um, I've been pretty hot and heavy and even shared it with a few friends too on, on a couple of different Grand Seikos. Just really think that at, at some point it would be amazing to, you know, have that on my wrist um, rather than admiring them from far from afar. It seems to me to be potentially the highest level of finishing, you know, that I'll see you know, or that I'll own, I I should say, you know, there's some, I mean, just really tremendous independence out there. And then of course, you know, sort of the, whatever the Holy Trinity or the big three or some other really fantastic watchmakers, but you know, probably aren't really, you know, won't come in my way. Um, but Grand Seiko seems like it, you know, could be one of those things and, and and it shouldn't be, you know, lauded for simply that uh, more of what it actually is. I mean, it's a really fantastic, you know, brand and they're doing really amazing things and they're doing them their way. So anyway, um, I've been, you know, up and down on trying to see if that would work and how I might want which one and, and, uh, et cetera. So that, that continues to be on the forefront. Um, outside of that, you know, I have always in my head wanted to do, you know, the gold dress watch. And when that probably means vintage, um, or Neo vintage, and that still kicks around, you know, my head a lot. Um, I've gotten to a place right now too, where, you know, I don't think I want dozens and dozens and dozens of watches. It just doesn't, doesn't fit me. It, I feel like they just sit around if I'm not wearing them. And so I don't know if it's strictly a one in one out mentality at this point, but, um, you know, the funding probably has to come from within to some degree. So yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot too. How about you? I know you've been, you've been really, you've been sending me some possibilities, some, some questions, some thoughts, some, you've went down a few rabbit holes recently. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, before I get on to me, I mean, we still have to get you at least one good dive watch. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, you know? And that's yeah, I, I agree. There's with there's you. the not so grand Seiko options, yeah. uh, and they they have a ton of them, and they're very good. So you know, that's I'll keep I'll make sure that stays on your radar or your sonar. Yeah, you're doing a good job at that. Yeah, on your sonar. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, there's a few individual pieces, but we we had this conversation. I won't expand on it too much. Maybe we'll talk about it on another episode because you could probably do it the better part of an entire episode on this. But you know, um, I I work now in an environment that's a little different than where I worked about a year ago, and I would say more than fifty percent of the time, you know, the environment where I work is very not conducive just from a safety standpoint, you know, right. For, uh, to wearing something that's really obvious, you know, so it, you know, Rolex is not a good idea. Uh, you know, an AP, not that I'm going to get an AP anytime soon, not a good idea. Anything that's, you know, visually easy to identify is, you know, the kind of thing where I just, I no longer feel comfortable. And, but on the other hand, so, I mean that, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, do I move, you know, my Explorer? you know, which would be sort of my daily Rolex, uh, at this stage in my collection. But I, I'm, I'm stuck like a lot of people, you know, there's, I've, and I've been down this road before, right. I've had a really good steel sports that I moved on with the idea of bringing it back into the collection a year or two later. And the prices blew up to the point where I was like, I'd rather get a Blanc pond, you know, and, and get it, I get mean, it. That's saying something, right? Yeah. And I, I guess really I need to kind of get back in my head and remind myself that, and God, how first world a problem is this? But, I'm, you know, the Blanc Pond is fine for what I really need because it's it's so under the radar. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to part with any Rolex because I know it would be so much more difficult to proposition to bring it back into the collection at some point in the future. Um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm parking those ideas. I mean, that's a, a little, you know, crisis in my head right now, but the things that are sort of on my radar is I'd really love to get, there's so many options from them too, the way you like Grand Seiko, but maybe haven't settled on one yet or haven't decided exactly how to, how to pull one in, um, for me. And these are, you know, less expensive, but I, I like, I feel that way right now about the brand Zen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I really like the U50. I really like the 857 UTC. Um, that's a little bit big, but that's a that's a really cool watch. Um, I think what I'm settled on, you know, from an interest point of view is maybe the 105 UTC, um, which is very cool. And that could happen, you know, in the next year. And then frankly, getting some flavor of Bremont. But I recognize that I just have a, a deep emotional attachment to that brand. They make They make good watches design wise. But, uh, that's that one of those things. Is, that one Oh five is cool as hell. Yeah, it really is. But I was about to say, I mean, my, my, you know, enthusiasm for Bremont is so personal. It's almost irrational. So I have to kind of make sure I'm, I'm thinking about that correctly, but yeah, those are, those are the things I'm thinking of. And then like you, I mean, I've got something gold on my mind. I think right. I would probably go with something that's a little bit more sporty. Cause that's, you know, my day to day is not in an office, but you know, something like a steel and gold Seamaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a like two generations past. So think like late nineties, early two thousands Seamaster chronograph, like titanium and gold. And those are so ridiculously reasonable. 
So, you know, that's one of those things where I'm like, oh God, I got to stop looking at stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. So, and you know what? Um, all politics well, aside, all politics aside, I've had a number of conversations with people locally and afar. Um, you know, there's just a lot going on in the world right now. And I'm not saying, not, like you said, not to enjoy or wear your pieces, you know, or the things that you love, your watches that you really love, but you know, you, you have to be mindful, right? I mean, and I'm not just talking about Los Angeles. I'm talking about, you know, Philadelphia, New York, international there's been a lot of instances there's just a lot of stuff going on out there and so you know just have to be sort of aware of your surroundings right i mean this is not new to anybody in this hobby but there's just an elevated sense of things these days and it makes you it makes you you know think twice about what you're going to do when you're going out so i i can understand that yeah absolutely but anyway you know that's uh that's all you know maybe discussion for another time um you know, when and if those things actually happen, maybe there'll be a new watch alert episode. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's funny. Sometimes you end up feeling in, in this hobby, especially when you're surrounded by so many really cool people and, and rabid collectors, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a hamster wheel effect, you know, to me and actually, you know, not to reflect too much on the pod, but I think at the beginning, I might've mentioned this to you is I, one reason why I kind of, moderated the amount of content I took in was I just didn't want to feel like I was on the, on the, the hamster wheel, you know, constantly searching, 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 unless it was, unless it was something I really wanted. So, um, or, you know, felt, you know, strongly attached to. And so, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, when you see so many, you know, friends and, uh, kind of internet friends or picking new stuff up and you're like, Oh, maybe, I, maybe I do need that one that I really need, you know, that I've been thinking about. And so it, it's tough. It's tough. You got to balance everything out with, you know, needs and wants and, and make sure you're doing it for the reasons that you want to do it for. And um, so anyway. Yeah, I, I have, I'll use myself as my own cautionary tale. I got one watch this year. It's a great watch. It's, um, it's a really, I think it's actually kind of a significant watch in as much as it's a, a true, you know, again, in air quotes, you know, flyer GMT movement in, in Seiko. So I got the, you know, the Seiko sharp edge GMT mm-hmm. and as cool as it is and as good as it is, I probably shouldn't have bought it. I mean, that was probably a FOMO moment. You know, I had an opportunity to get the the special edition, you know, so not the LE, the white one, but the, I think the even cooler kind of brown copper dial. Yeah. You know, within a few months, it's like, I'm, I'm happy to have it in the collection, but I don't need it. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, it's easy to think, yeah, I can put it off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly the right tale, right? Like, you know, did it hurt anything? No. Could you move it if you wanted, if you needed to or wanted to? Yes. Have you enjoyed having it? Yes. And so at the end of the day, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, but it's just a, that recognition, like, okay, maybe I didn't really need it or, you know, whatever. So eh, it goes with any passionate hobby or, or, you know, interest. Um, so anyway, and we'll see what 2022 brings us. I think there's a lot in store for, you know, not just you and I, but also the podcast. And we're super excited and thankful and grateful for anybody that listens and, you know, and keep, you know, engaging with everybody within the watch fam. It's awesome. It's what makes this fun, quite frankly. I mean, you know, as much as I just said, sort of said, you know, you watch everybody get, you know, you see the, the hashtag NWA and you're like, Oh, who's got what, you know, that's what makes it great and fun. You get to share that, you know, excitement and news with your friends and people who enjoy it and appreciate it. So, you know, we, it's just awesome to be a part of it all. Yes, it definitely is. And if you're sort of metaphorically, metaphysically, whatever this is. Uh, if you're within the sound of our voice, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in this year. It's been a lot of fun and we hope to continue to kind of grow and learn and take new steps with you. So thanks very much for everybody this year.
Yeah, I'll leave you. I'll leave everybody with an interesting, um, you know, uh, uh, thing to check out. There was a uh, a really neat article in the LA Times probably about a week ago now, and you know, as I did some homework on it afterwards, it's it's been documented um, before, so this is not like you know unknown, but it's an update to the story. Basically, it's from what I understand the most complicated watch. It's a pocket watch, but the most complicated watch ever made. And it was made for for J. Uh, J. Pier, Pierpont Morgan, J.P. Morgan, you know, um, sort of one of those titans of business, right? And um, the watchmaker was J. Player and Son. And I mean, this thing is just, this thing is wild. Um, I'm not going to get too far into it, but I, I imagine people are somewhat familiar with it. It's been written about in the watch circles. But this Times reporter was essentially trying to track it down right now. He had talked to what would have been, I guess the grandson of Jay player. And they, and, and they, had, you know, they knew about this, you know, in their family and were really proud of the achievement. The company actually went, uh, Jay player and then went out of business shortly after completing this watch for JP Morgan. Um, and so the reporter was trying to figure out, does the watch still exist? Like who could potentially own it? Can we, can we sort of establish this provenance today and, you know, the family would be, you know, glad to know that it's, you know, in good hands or whatever. Anyway, super interesting article. I was not super, I was not very um, up to date on the story or the watch itself. It's pretty fascinating. It's well reported. And the ending is maybe not quite what you would expect. But uh, check it out, LA Times. Um, and uh, it might be kind of a fun read while you're sitting around the fire and sipping on a whiskey. Yeah, I have to check that out because I have two of two of my friends independently of each other who are not in the watch fam sent me that article. So I've got to. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. 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 I I think it would be interesting to anybody not in the watch fam too. Um, because, uh, you know, it's just kind of a story of like lost and found, right. Just something super valuable and interesting. It actually ties through Southern California to somebody in La Jolla. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Right on. Well, Hey, I don't want to keep you. This has been great. It's good checking in with you and we will uh, we'll talk soon, okay, bud? Sounds good, Matt. All right, well, uh, happy holidays, and um, we'll touch base real soon, man. You got it. Take care. You too. Bye. Peace. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>